You're, ha you're always happy, Wendy. Will you join me in our prayer for illumination? We come before you today, O oh God, asking for the courage to live more committed lives. Help us to learn to surrender to worship. Make us like Joshua, who declared that he and his household would serve the Lord no matter what others might do. Make us like the early disciples, who set aside all they had for the cause of the risen Christ. Help us see beyond ourselves to love you and to love our neighbor. Amen. Our scripture reading today is taken from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he had answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and beside him there is no other. And to love him with all your heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. So now it's time, church, for me to turn the tables on you, just as I do the kids. Bless their brave hearts. They come up every week, even though they know I'm going to ask them questions. When was the last time that you felt you could hardly wait for worship? Every Sunday, Wendy says. When did you last feel that sense of anticipation that you are excited when you wake up on Sunday morning because you get to come to worship? You get to do this. What thoughts did you have coming here this morning? Can you answer these questions honestly? I felt the parents in the room kind of, mm, when I started asking the kids, are there things you like or don't like about worship? I could feel your prayers and your, you know, trying to mind meld with them. Don't say anything embarrassing or you're going to get to meet Jesus today. I think every time Grant comes up, Fran tells me that she prays a silent prayer that he will not say anything that will embarrass her. But, but isn't honesty okay? And I love that they were like, eh, yeah, some days I don't really feel like it. Can we be as honest as our young disciples and say, yeah, there are days, days I just don't feel like it. That's why it's okay for them to hear me say, you know what, there are days I don't feel like it. But I come I come, and, and most of the time, as I told them, I feel better when I leave. I said at the beginning of this sermon series, this five practices of fruitful congregations, that Pastor Amy and I are passionate about personal discipleship and discipleship within our churches. And today, we talk about passionate worship. 
which is a weird heading, passionate worship. You know, it, to put Methodists, I love y'all. You're not wholly passionate. When I think passionate, I think more uh, like, like Joyce's church. They are evangelical, and, and they're a little bit more excited in worship. I don't put passionate and Methodist together in the same sentence. And so I thought, ooh, Bishop, where are you going here? What does worship mean to you? If I ask that question, just like I ask the kids, a lot of times I get very person-centered answers. I hear things like, I love the music. I love the beauty of our sanctuary. I love the home feeling of our church. I love the people. I love the community. I love the organ. I love the piano. I love seeing the children. I love the band. I was drawn to a quote by Eugene Peterson this week. When asked about worship, Reverend Peterson said, worship is the strategy by which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God. Worship is the strategy by which we interrupt the preoccupation with ourselves. Worship is an active strategy. It doesn't, it's not a passive activity. Worship is an active decision and movement on our part. It's the strategy with which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves. I love that. I love that. We interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves. Such a nice way for uh, Peterson to say we stop thinking about ourselves for a moment. We set ourselves aside to become preoccupied with God. I, I stood in front of my closet this morning for a good three or four minutes in front of my clothes and I looked at what I should wear. It's not usually what I do, but this morning I knew that once I left the house that I was going to go from Republic to here and then go back to Republic with the youth group to support Grant's uh, Boy Scout troop at their pancake breakfast and then I was going to come back in town and I was going to uh, drop off one of our kiddos and, and I was going to come and unlock the church because there's a 2 o'clock meeting here for the, the homeless shelter and then I was going to head out to Mohawk to go to Aries basketball game and then I was going to come back and make sure the church was locked up and then I was going to go to small group and then I was going to go to the flame service and every part of my being went I really want to wear jeans I really, really want to be comfortable for all of that. And then I stood there and thought, oh, but it's church. I don't really wear jeans to church. And I struggled. And then I thought, wow, you're really preoccupied with yourself. What is God more pleased with? The fact that you're running around his creation, loving his people, serving his people in your jeans? Or if you wore the best outfit you had and didn't love them like you do. And so, and so I have my jeans on. <laughs> you know, we, we get preoccupied with weird things. 
We get preoccupied with weird stuff. And so I hope that this hour is an hour that we can use this strategy to interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God. I hope that for this one hour of community worship that we can set ourselves aside and devote this time to attend to the presence of God. I hope that we sit in our pews and our chairs and we know that God is present in this place as if Jesus sat right next to you, that present. I hope and I often pray that we can set aside our uh, thoughts and worries and our, our preoccupation with ourselves and all that's going on in our lives. I hope that we can set those outside of these four walls and this can be a place where we can come and just receive the presence of God and sit in the presence of God. Worship is the strategy by which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God. But so often, we're preoccupied. The challenge for us as worshipers is to find God in the midst of the things we love about worship, the 70% that we love, as, as Pastor Chip says, and also to find God in the midst of the things we don't love about worship. The challenge for us is to set aside the idea that worship is something that we come and observe and enjoy. Sometimes it's not. Worship is active. The moment that you begin to get dressed in the morning, as I stood in front of my closet and debated on whether or not to wear jeans, that's when my worship began. When I said, you know what, this is about God's call on my life and loving his people in the best way I know how. It's not about if I have jeans on when I do it. The bishop reminds us that God uses worship to change us, to transform us, to engage with us, to heal, renew, shape, provoke, inspire, and to bind us together into the community that the kids talked about. Worship offers us an opportunity to mold our lives into God's presence. Just as Reverend Peterson said, Bishop Skenazy in chapter three echoes, he said, worship is a time to think less about ourselves and more about faith, less about our personal agendas and more about God's will. And it's so easy for us to see imperfections in our worship service. I'm the worst at it. It's so easy for me to walk out of these holy moments and go, well, that was terrible. I've gotten in the car with David and said, that was, that was, oh my goodness, that was clunky. I do it to myself. And so this chapter really reinforced that it's so easy to see the imperfections in our worship. It's so easy to concentrate on the things that we don't like about worship. This reading challenges us to find God's perfection amongst our imperfect offerings. What can you hear God say in spite of the imperfect preacher in her jeans? What can you hear God say in spite of the music style that's not your favorite? How can God speak to you through the reading of God's word even when not read perfectly? How can you step into God's presence in spite of annoyances in the worship service? When you leave this time together, do you leave with a sense that you just interacted with the very holy spirit of God or do you leave with the frustrations of having interacted with humanity? 
in our scripture reading for today, we're reminded that the greatest commandment from Jesus is to love God with all you have, your hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We are called to bring our all into worship, everything we have, our hearts, our minds, our souls, our strength is what we're called to love God with. And so that's what we are called to bring into worship, our very selves, our whole selves. And then we need to move out of the way of ourselves to allow God's spirit to do the work, the forming, the changing, the challenging, the provoking, the inspiring, the binding. And if we're holding back and not allowing our full selves to engage in worship, if we're distracted by the imperfect offering, if we are not allowing our full selves, heart, mind, soul, strength, to engage in worship, if we're not allowing ourselves to occupy ourselves with the presence of God, if we're preoccupied with ourselves, then we interrupt the work of the Spirit in our own lives. Jesus told us, don't be a stumbling block. And we can often work to not be a stumbling block for others and then trip ourselves because we get distracted. We can get in the way of what we say we so desperately want, a deep and personal relationship with God. We want a full relationship with God, good days and bad days. There will be days you don't wanna come here. You can come and you should come on those days the most. There will be days that you don't feel very worshipful. There will be days that you're angry at a circumstance and you want God to move and nothing is moving. Bring that to worship. There will be days that the people in the church are driving you crazy. Come and sit next to them in worship and set yourselves aside and attend to the presence of God that sits with you. Bring your sadness, bring your anger, bring your hurt, bring your disbelief. Bring it and be honest about it and say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm not talking to you today. I'm gonna sit here, but we're not talking. And he'll sit until you're ready to talk. He'll engage until you're ready to engage. Bring all the things that you feel oppress you, the hurt, the anger, the lament. Worship God in the midst of it all and allow God to be present. We saw in, a, in Job, when we studied Job, he continued to worship as everything in his life was stripped away. Every single thing, except his wife. Did you ever wonder about that? But everything was taken away from him. He continued to worship. If you shut down your relationship and the communication with God, it's like trying to fight a fire with a hose that you've disconnected from the water source. Come to worship on the days you don't want to get here. Come to worship on the days you can't wait to get here. Come and set aside your preoccupation with yourself and your situation and for one hour attend to the presence of God. And then you'll notice that more hours of your week, you are aware of God's presence. Love God with everything that you have, heart, soul, body, mind, strength, in all the circumstances, good or bad or indifferent. That's the scariest area to live in. When things are good and you're praising God, it's good. When things are bad 
and you're mad, you're still, you're still engaging. But when you're apathetic and you just don't care anymore, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. So how do we define what worship is? Is it a particular place or order of worship? Is it a particular style of music or set of instruments? COVID challenged us on this. When our buildings were shut down, we didn't know what to do with worship. And so I think we learned a lot through that time. I hope we never have to do it again. But I think we learned a lot. There are gonna be things that you connect highly with in our worship setting. I, I'm a music person. I love music. I love all kinds of music. I love it when Laura plays the organ. I love it when these guys play the piano. I love it when the band's here. I love it when we sing without accompaniment. I just love the music. But I, I worship when there's no music. Loving music is my joy, but I know I can encounter God Without it, it might not feel the same, but I can encounter God without music. There are times that we're asked to set aside our own idea of what worship should look like and explore what worship can look like. Last week I said we need to remember that anywhere two or three gather, God can be worshiped and glorified. And we saw that lived out in the ancient people. They were, uh, they were oppressed, yet they found ways to worship. They were, when they were uh, wandering, they found ways to worship. We see it in the life of Jesus. He worshiped in the temple, on the mountainside, at the well, in people's homes, outside, inside, everywhere he went. Friends, though worship is deeply personal to us, it is transformational. And sometimes when we limit it to what we're comfortable with, then we interrupt God's work. I've said to you before, I resisted online worship until COVID shut us down. I said, nope, I don't want to do it. Nope, I don't want to do it for a deeply self-centered reason. I don't like to hear my voice. And then COVID happened. And now I regret the months and probably years that we wasted that we were not reaching people in our fullest capacity we, though worship is deeply personal, it's also transformational. And we have to allow ourselves to be transformed. We have to allow our own personal discipleship to be challenged and transformed. We need to uh, let our ministry and our mission be transformed. It moves us from complacency to action. Worship renews our passion for the mission that we've been called to. It keeps us connected in community. Worship is so much more than an hour spent in a pew or a chair in a sanctuary. Worship is a choice. It's a lifestyle. It's a call and it's a response. Worship shapes us personally and shapes us into who God is calling us to be for ourselves and for others. Worship propels us forward and frankly, we need propelling. We need something to push us. We need time to set aside our preoccupation with ourselves and we need the reminder to attend to the presence of God. Amen? Really? Amen, thank you. 
We need something that will equip us and fire us up so we can go forward and reach others to live out the second part of that commandment. See, we need to bring everything we have to God and we need to sit in the presence of God so that we can go out into the brokenness of the world, which have we seen brokenness in our communities lately? Yeah. Our world is having a temper tantrum. Humanity is having a bad day. And we need something that will fire us up so much so that we will go out and we will live a light in our lives. Because we need filled up because it's hard. It's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to be a disciple. But it's what we were meant to do, what we were born to do, what we have been called to do to love others as we have been loved. So we bring our own little broken selves into this place and we're reminded that God loves us no matter what, that God is moving even when we don't see him or hear him or feel him or know. We're reminded of all those things so we can go back out and live it. Jesus was brilliant. He said, you have to come and you have to bring everything you have so that you can be equipped. You have to come and love God with all you have, all your heart, mind, strength, spirit, so that you can go and love your neighbor as yourself. And all God's people said, amen. Let us continue in an attitude of worship and prayer as we share our prayer concerns with our church community. Uh, We are live streaming, and so if you share a prayer concern, please hold that in care. Um, I will ask for prayers for Julie Fox. She, uh, I talked to her again last night. I've talked to her throughout the week. She was in Mercy with COVID pneumonia, has been transferred to Willard, and they're hoping within a week or so she'll be able to be transferred to Autumnwood, where she will likely become a permanent resident. And so please, that's a lot happening for her. So please hold her in prayer. Um, also, Travel Mercies for the Armstrongs, they are uh, in, in, where are they, David? Do you remember? Where are they? Oregon, the state of Oregon. Thank you, Shirley. Um, celebrating uh, Nathan's 30th birthday. So they're, they're spending some family time together. So I pray for Travel Mercies for all of them. Other prayers? John, there's one down here. My loving son just said I'm loud enough. I don't need a microphone. So (laughs) I just ask for prayers um, for my aunt, Janelle Benner. Um, She has a very large herniated disc. um, So she's waiting on insurance to cover that. And um, it'll be outpatient two to three month recovery. And then also her great nieces on her side are twins. They're in between Parker and Aerie. Park was June, they're July, Aerie's August. Haley and Kaylee Hall. Kaylee has cerebral palsy. She's in a wheelchair, can't walk. She just had brain surgery on Friday because she was having seizures nonstop. So they went in and did brain surgery and um, she made it through okay. And they said it's the outcome they expected. So prayers that that will help. And then a praise. Happy birthday to my stepdad, Ron Hetzel, today. And my brother-in-law, John Lumen. They share a birthday. Happy birthday. Um, 
I just want to make an announcement. I never do this. You never do this. <laughs> I was shocked when I heard your voice. Um, I want to thank everybody on Facebook. Um, my oldest one's birthday was Friday. Um, our family had a difficult time, but we made it through it. So thanks for everybody on Facebook to just checking in with us. Um, another announcement, we did do a prayer room. Oh, that's right. I forgot to yeah, talk about the prayer right. room. It's um, at the children's, what's that? Children's room? It's up next to the, so for those of you that didn't hear, the, the youth leaders have created a prayer room. It is up next to the junior church room in the corner, that Sunday school room um, that Angie and Leslie used. And it has prayer stations set up in it with instructions. So if you go up there, um, the kids have gone through it. It's open anytime the church is open. So go up and check it out. It offers some really cool prayer stations. And I, there are pictures of them that I think Joyce shared in the announcements. But keep an eye out for those. We'll keep sharing them. Um, and it's, it's super cool. So thanks to Heidi and Tevin for setting that up. Um, did that come from your, your training that you went to? We Last year, the retreat had one, and then we went to um, the Yak last year, and they had one. So we're looking at switching it out like every three months. Every three months, there'll be new prayer stations? Yeah. It was all Tevin? Okay. So they they had a prayer room at Yak when they went when we all went last summer, and at retreat last year, they had prayer stations, and so Tevin felt inspired. Um, I heard she lost you for 45 minutes, and you were in a prayer station. So... Um, but so they were inspired to create one for our church. So please check it out. It's on the third floor of the education building. Um, and so many prayers were said for you on Friday on Bryce's 23rd birthday. I know. Tevin doesn't look old enough to have a 23-year-old. Bryce celebrated his birthday in heaven, as we all know. Um, but we celebrated him here. So amen. There's John. There's one, a couple back here. He has to walk all the way around, I know. John gets his exercise in. I have a joy to share. My mother completely recovered from that bowel obstruction surgery. In the hospital, I don't know, two and a half weeks, and in a rehab center a couple of weeks. But Friday, I got to bring her home. And the first thing she did was called and make an appointment at the beauty shop. Her hair, yep. That doesn't I picked her up at, at 11.30, all. and at 1, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, she's sitting in the chair getting her hair done. And she's home now, and just like she never left. She's doing everything on her own, making her own meals, her own bed, and everything. So That is an amazing story, <laughs> and then it gets a little more amazing when you realize that Pearl is 98. And so, yeah, so praise God. We, we were a little nervous, but Pearl's in charge, so. That's right, for the, all of our servicemen and that you hope they come home safe. Angie? And to jump on the birthday train, my dad had a, a birthday yesterday, and we're, it's a joy because we get to celebrate today. Happy birthday, Tom. Since Tom's with us, I feel that we need to sing. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tom. Happy birthday to you. Praise God for that. That is a praise for sure. Anything else? 
All right, let's pray. God of praise, God of mercy, we come before you very aware of your presence in this place. Lord, sometimes we just need to sit in silence with you and feel your presence. Sometimes we sit in silence searching for your presence, and yet we don't feel you. And so as we share this time, Lord, let your spirit touch each and every heart that is here. You have heard our prayer concerns. You've heard our sorrows, our grief, our worries, and our joys. Lord, we hold all of these up to you as a prayerful sacrifice of surrender. All of these situations that we wish we could control and we could affect change in, we offer up to you. All of the times that we act as a stumbling block for ourselves, placing bricks between ourselves and our community, between ourselves and you, we ask that you tear those down. Lord, it is out of fear that we do those things. So let us sit in trust, in praise, in worship. No matter what condition we've brought ourselves here in, whether we are very aware of the need for your presence, whether we are angry and don't want your presence, or scariest of all, whether we are apathetic, could take it or leave it. Lord, renew our hearts in this worship. Meet us in this place. Meet us at your communion table. Ignite in us the embers that need to be ignited for you. Lord, hear our prayers today, all of those things that we have lifted, whether joy-filled, worry-filled, sorrow-filled, hear our prayers and do what you do. We pray for all of these things and all of God's people said, amen. You had the opportunity to uh, give your tithes and offerings as you entered into this world.